Hey, everybody, and welcome to Classical Stuff You Should Know. We are a podcast that aims to bring you into the classical world as painlessly and as easily as possible. I am joined by Graham Donaldson. Hi. Although sometimes a little pain is There's, necessary. Yeah. Like like any good surgery, there needs to be, you know, some some cutting out and some... No, there needs like, pain is... No, so if you're uh, most podcast, of my surgeries have not involved <laughs> grand pain. amounts of pain. No, but I mean, like, technically, you're, you just are numb to it. But I mean, like... I'm lost with where this metaphor, metaphor is headed. I'm just saying that, like, sometimes growing is painful. That's all I'm saying. Are you worried about this episode being kind of bad? That's no, no, oh, okay, I'm just good. saying that, like, like we're not trying to do it. I don't... <laughs> and we've derailed. Right. I am here also with That's Thomas record, Magby. Right? Yeah. Hey, what's going on? And we I thought all, the intro was great. Can I just... Yeah. Thank good. you. Yeah, I appreciate well that. We all three work at Veritas Academy. I teach ninth grade English and rhetoric. Mr. Donaldson over here also teaches ninth, uh, 10th grade English and rhetoric. We both teach 12th English as well. And then Thomas is the dean of student life. That's it. Yep. And we are here today to talk about currency and <laughs> some stuff. It was. I'm, I'm still vague on exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, but I'm well, so, so, so interested. I, I wouldn't worry about it. So, and I feel bad. It, it was just about as helpful as when I said that adequatio is the thing we were going to talk about. Like you're a wizard. Harry. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's, yep. This is also a funny word we're talking about today. But if we're talking about finance, I have just recently started dipping my toes into the world of Congratulations, finance. Congratulations, AJ. Oh, and it's just a hoot and a half. Becoming hoot an and a half. Oh. And then Graham is an expert uh, foreign uh, forex foreign exchange uh, uh, trader, foreign oh, currency trader. No, if I would call myself an expert, um, I would call myself someone who does it. You're yeah, a dabbler. Yeah. You're a dabbler. Yeah. I, I dabble a little as well, and I just, I think it's so fun to own little, tiny little parts of companies. Yes, that's yes. exactly what it is. So fun. Well, that's, mm, man, okay. Uh, AJ, you say... But is it right? There's a certain... <laughs> I was going to say, but what about the morality of it? Um, so we're going to talk about uh, usury, usury. Um, I'm going to probably say usury most of this time. Uh, so the last... I don't know the order that these will go up, but uh, recently AJ talked about uh, an introduction to Dante. We previously talked about uh, Deadly Sins. But uh, in uh, Dante's Inferno, there's this level for um, usurers, uh, mm -hmm. level uh, for people... Who do this thing called usury. So I guess we're going to start out with what does this word mean? What does the word usury mean? My understanding is that it is lending in, it's like predatory lending. You lend mm. with way too much interest. So lending at 25% interest or something. It is the word to describe when you use something. No? Okay, well, you, one the, of those my usury of the hammer was poor. My usury, as I my yeah, I, I am a poor user <laughs> of the hand, hammer because I hammered my thumb again. Oh, man, these puns are so good. Uh, so AJ sure got a lot closer uh, than Graham. Should that be quiz show? Yeah. Oh, oh, yes. AJ, you're a winner. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Congratulations. Oh, Proud of you. This, I'm handing wait. you a medal right now. Listener, you can't hear it. And I can't one. feel it. Because <laughs> so. it's not real. Same page. Uh, so, yeah, so. When we use usury in the modern context, we're typically talking about excess, excessive rates of interest on something. Uh, this is this is fun fact. Do you all know what? So in Texas, what is the rate? So there are laws. There are usury laws. It's the maximum interest rate that you can charge. And there's a caveat that I'll tell you after you guess this number. Is it like eleven percent, twenty-one percent? I think it's higher. I think for credit cards, isn't it pretty? Oh, credit cards say you can have their own flipping field day. But but if it's regulated within the state, they gotta they gotta adhere by those state? regulations. So I'm gonna say thirty percent. I'm gonna boggle your mind. Are you ready? Six percent. And the stick with me. So the that six percent is the usury rate if a another rate is not specified and you don't agree to it. So with a credit card, you agree to a higher rate, and that's why they mm. charge you a higher rate. Isn't that and crazy? My Do you know what the is rankled? It's it's. Because yeah, it's my just, jimmies are rustled. <laughs> it's defined as six percent, but as long as you agree to a higher number, you will pay that higher number. 
What? So Wait. if it's not, so if the if the bank gives you money and they don't tell you an interest rate, which would never happen, the rate, the highest rate they can charge is six percent. Mm. That's what that means. Well, what about credit cards that have twenty one percent interest agreed, rate? You've agreed to a higher rate. Oh, so your... I can do that to friends if they're like, "Hey, would you let me five bucks?" And I say, <laughs> "Sure." I don't have to specify, and I can still get six percent. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that yeah. is fantastic. News. Oh, I'm well. never borrowing money. I, yeah, <laughs> seriously, I need to be worried about this. Goodbye, friendships. <laughs> so that one would work. Anyway, so what, I, I do you know what the average for a credit card is? Oh, it's probably in the twenties, somewhere between twenty. 30% is probably an average. Yeah, it seems crazy. It, yeah, it does. But whatever. My back, before coming to Veritas, I did finance. What, what happens with credit cards is that um, usually an interest rate is correlated with the risk of default. And so what you'd look at that and say is that there are more people who default on credit card debt, which means the bank doesn't get anything back, right. than default on a mortgage. So the they kind of have to hedge more. their bets on those. Yeah, yeah exactly. It. And so uh, that's how it's priced. It's, it's hedged in the sense that the average rate that the bank is getting is much lower than between 20 and 30, um, but whatever, the rate that we're paying. Sorry, anyway, I, I find all this stuff very interesting. But the uh, the classical sense of usury is not a high rate of interest. Um, the original sense of it is any amount of interest at all. Whoa. Yeah. So, um, so it was immoral, immoral to charge. Immoral. Immoral. Like, the internet, That's the man. Internet, internet morals. morals. I don't know what immorals. I should do here. Well, no, go to immorals. It'll tell it was, you. <laughs> Enter your quandary into the field, and it'll spit out and what Google you Google tells do. you what to do. Um, so it was immoral to charge an interest rate on anything, on, on any money. Correct. So like even like a tenth of a percent. Not allowed. Rongo. Not allowed. Rongo? Rongo. I mean, it's just full we of... We watched Rango in BMC and Bad Movie Club. Not oh, too how was it? So it? It was delightful. It, what a treat. Johnny yeah. Depp is a very humorous person. Mm. Uh, so this is straight back a few ways, but uh, Deuteronomy is probably the easiest one to talk about. Um, so Deuteronomy um, 23, 19 through 20, this is what it says. And then we'll kind of come back to how this has been interpreted over time. You shall not charge interest on loans to your brother, interest on money, interest on food, interest on anything that is lent for interest. You may charge a foreigner interest, but you may not charge your brother interest, that the Lord your God may bless you in all that you undertake in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. So brother in this sense meaning... Israelite. Israelite, Jews, yeah. yeah. Especially in the, in in the, the sense ancient, of Deuteronomy. Yeah, yeah. And that's in Deuteronomy, so they were still... They had the laws of Jubilee, right? So every mm -hmm. 50 years, if you had a debt, you didn't have it's a gone. debt anymore. It's totally gone. I feel like they had to work around that. Like, if I'm a lender... <laughs> you I'm, lend out. I'm not going to lend something out and be like, and not know that that's coming. Like, and then, oh, no, they don't owe me anything. Oh, I bet all the loans would dry up in the last five years before <laughs> Jubilee. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. But they and then if you were one of those guys that had a lot to pay, you just kind of try to draw it out the last five years. <laughs> to yeah, I'll get it to you next week, I swear. Or it's like really short term, I guess you could do. So you could have a term that's less than oh, yeah, the yeah. term that ends the day before Jubilee. Mm -hmm. Sorry, my banking background is like, okay, how, we could price this. We could totally make this work. Um, some other places, Leviticus 25, 36, take no interest um, or profit, but fear your God that your brother may live beside you. Um, and uh, Ezekiel 22, 12, uh, you take interest and profit and make gain of your neighbors by uh, extortion, but uh, me you have forgotten, declares the Lord God. Um, so, so coming down hard on, or saying that um, making profit on, on loans is it, immoral it, and is bad. against God. It, it, it's wrongo, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wrongo. Um, so it, there are other places that talk about it. So I think just kind of like reading those, well, okay, hearing, I, I just read a few things to you. If you were to make a principle based on those verses, like what, what's the principle you would take from that pretty clearly? That I would not, that it would be wrong for me to lend money to members of my, if I was an ancient Israelite, members of my Jew, of my community, but if a foreigner came in, I could lend money to those foreigners. Yep. For, at, with interest. Yeah. 
And I wonder Which if you can, so you can lend. Lending mm-hmm. is okay. It's the interest that it's they're interest. Yeah. So I so can, if AJ needed five bucks, I could lend him five bucks. Yep. And he and should pay me back. He should pay me back. But but I can't ask for six bucks back. Right. So I wonder if the if the moral principle here is that one should not gain by another's misfortune or need. Yeah. Like if Grant if Graham needs something, I can aid him, but I should never profit from his misfortune. But why not foreigners? I mean, we can profit from foreigners' misfortune. Because there's a difference. Dude, I don't know those. I don't know those that's people. Right. There's, the, you, there's a community and there's outside the community. Yeah. And so you, they're treated. They are treated differently. That's true. And uh, you're not allowed to marry a foreigner either. Yeah, there's yeah, a fair few point. other things. Unless they become an Israelite, at which pace? They're not brothers. You can't, mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't charge them interest. And that's uh, in Deuteron- like because what's weird in the Deuteronomy 23 verse, it talks about interest on food, which is like not a thing. So like, if I gave you a cheeseburger, you have to give me back two cheeseburgers. I, I wonder if it was but. maybe cattle. Sure, cattle, grain. Like, just think of yeah. like. It, the, the the idea makes sense. But Commodities, they, but they specify food here. So mm-hmm. like you could see someone who uh, doesn't have a lot of food and they need food, and so they come to you and they say, "AJ, I need some food." Or I'm going to die. Yeah, and your answer to them is sure, but you have to give me back twice as much in a month. Mm. You, you could see how that would be. Wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty clearly. Wrong. I feel like those transactions take all, take place all the time in the high school lunchroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yep, mm-hmm. that's exactly right. Yeah. So we need to call them out for usury. Is what we're going to mm-hmm. do. I think you're onto something there. Um, so pretty clear um, commandments commands against it in uh, the Bible. And again, when we're talk whatever, when we talk classical, there's kind of this um, idea of the Western world. And so Christianity is important to that idea. So it makes sense that this would be a place to start with it. But um, it, it's just, it's interesting that uh, condemnations of usury come not just from Christianity, but um, Islam um, uh, condemns usury. Um, there's a whole branch of finance, fin- finance, that is... Uh, <laughs> finance. Yeah. Islamic finance, finance. Uh, if you ever hear of a thing called a sukuk bond, that's a mm-hmm. bond that does not provide interest because... Um, in the Muslim faith, it is still viewed that usury is wrong. And Do you know what their stipulations are? You, uh, well, you want to set one up? So it's the uh, Sukuk bond works in that you're not paid interest, mm-hmm. but there is, there's a term to the loan. So I lend you $100 now, and I will get back more later. So there is a gain mm-hmm. that's received from it. But the gain is not just – there are different ways of structuring it. it. It doesn't just have to be a number. It can be – if I'm giving you $100 to start a business, mm-hmm. I get $100 plus your half of your first year's profit. Mm-hmm. I get $100 plus um, half of the rent that you're charging someone else. So it's, there, it's, a, it's to, a contract that doesn't have a specific dollar amount attached yeah. to it. And it's, it's, it's maybe tied, tied to your own personal success. So yes. I help you, and mm-hmm. then as long mm-hmm. as you are successful, I can get my money back. Yes, that's exactly gotcha. right. Um, it's just... It's just interesting because you are being paid more. So it's not that you're lending for free, but it's not just I get a certain number regardless of what's ha- what happens to you. Um, I think, yeah. Ah, so it's so it has a human element to it. Yes. Like I'm also invested in your good. Yeah. Whereas I don't care if you have to take out another loan. You're paying me back my six percent. Yeah. Yeah. And that's um, actually that segues well. So another so um, Christianity condemns or Judaism condemns this. Christianity continues this condemnation. We'll talk about Aquinas in a second because that's the only thing I can talk about. Um, Islam <laughs> condemns this. Um, and then um, even um, uh, the Greeks condemned this. So Aristotle uh, condemned usury as well. He said that there were um, purposes to money and the charging of interest on that money uh, contradicted those purposes. So let's do quiz show. What is the purpose of money? And I'm actually doing quiz show because I'm looking for where my notes are. So what are, what's the purpose of money? What does it do? Um, with it, you can make it rain. Uh-huh. Yep. You can... That's the most important of... Flash the cash at ladies. Yep. That's it. That's similar to the raining. <laughs> yeah. So trying to impress people? Um, um the use of money yeah, is mm. to... Mm, is it, is it like a, a tool or creative force? It can, it can make... 
it could make things happen that could well, normally the happen. That, think of the money. So, okay, sorry, sorry. I should start earlier. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So before there was currency, what what existed in the okay, world? Barter system. Barter I was going to say that currency currency is honestly just for convenience. It's yes. so that I don't actually have to, and, and to even out the playing field, right? Yes. I don't have to give you an entire wagon for your cow. I can give you... 78% of a wagon yeah. in the form of currency rather than giving you the whole wagon. Aristotle has this very sweet example where he talks about the shoemaker trying to figure out how many shoes he has to make to buy a house. And mm-hmm. so instead of like literally trading shoes for houses, we, we have currency. We had this third step. So it's like a middleman that, yes. that commoditizes our, our work. It does. Yes. And, I've, and I've experienced that. There's a big festival in the Northwest called Barter Fair, mm. the Okanagan Family Fair, and it is incredibly sketchy. But <laughs> the currency is supposed to be trading. Right. And depending on what you take, you can either be really su- successful or not. I've taken... Handmade pots that I made, not very successful. Yeah. Took an axe one year, everybody wanted oh, that wow. axe. They yeah. love tools. So just depending on what you take. And, you but that's the axe? thing. Huh? What'd, What'd you get, get for that axe? Uh, I think I think I probably actually kept if it's it. Handmade, if it's handmade pots, that's set. Maybe I, maybe I <laughs> trade it for like a small didgeridoo <laughs> or something. Yeah. But was well, it like that? You ever hear the one about the red paper clip where you start with a red paper mm-hmm, clip and you try mm-hmm. and trade it for something else and eventually you get Bigger and better. Yeah, like a some guy's broken down car. He's trying to get a house or I don't know what you get out of it. Yeah. So... That's the barter system. Right. And it was hard because I'm not sure. I, I would get like, I don't know if I really want to trade my axe for your dumb thing. Right. And maybe mm-hmm. maybe I really want their thing, but all I have is this axe and they don't want it. Right. Whereas if I could trade that for currency, it makes everything easier. Let's take that. So what's the difference between then the axe and the currency? Uh, what is the... the the axe is an, an object, currency is just a representation yeah. of something else I'm trading. Well, and there's also this kind of like, there's something valuable to the currency that's not in the axe. So like, if you if you were to trade um, your axe for something else, you'd know like, you know, it took me this much time to make the wood, it took me this much time to find a piece of metal. You kind of have this idea of what it's worth, but a dollar is a dollar. Like, it's a lot easier to say the value of that dollar. Mm-hmm. Maybe not, uh, whatever. There are markets that sure. this value changes over time, but it's easy to point to and say, that's a dollar. This is a store of value. Well, it's even, and it's even easier to say this gold coin is a gold coin. Like the value is in the gold itself that you're holding. As opposed right. to the promise of the, the dollar. dollar or whatever sort of force or power Which, is behind the currency that is going to ensure that that dollar gets respected. Yeah. yeah. And for the U.S., didn't it used to be gold? I mean, yep. the Fort gold Knox standard. gold used to gold support our dollar. Yeah. Thanks, Nixon. Yep. Uh, so, we'll, oh, man, we're going to get to all this. This is so good. So um, Aristotle talks about the uses of mu- uh, the the ideal design of money, money needs to be durable, so it needs to be able to last for a long time, it needs to be portable. <laughs> iron, remember the iron money from uh, I wanna, Spartans? I want to talk about the Spartans, yeah. Um, so uh, durable has to last, portable, you have to be able to like take it somewhere, so if <laughs> like, your currency is elephants, you can't, you know, I guess they Or like walk, bales but. of hay. Yeah, right. Oh man, buying <laughs> stuff would be such a chore with <laughs> bales of hay. a house with all your bales of hay, like it'd just be, it'd be miserable, right? The, the, the winners in that scenario are like the strong-armed young yes. men who yep. just mm. chuck bales of hay, because everybody needs one. All right. All right, Dolph, pay him my, pay him my eight bales. <laughs> but then, yeah, I guess you pay him in barrels. Did you just imagine that it was Dolph Lundgren? Lundgren? That's was, what I was imagining. Was puffing yeah, your hay? I'm proud of you. <laughs> Who else would you want? Uh, nobody. <laughs> I mean, if I had Dolph as an option. I mean, if you're having Drago throw your hay, like that's... <laughs> For those those young listeners out there, yeah. Dolph Lundgren is an just old action yeah. hero. Yeah, yeah, Google him. He was in Rocky. Rocky yeah. Four, where Rocky ends communism. Oh, mm. so good. Success. Uh, so durable and portable are two things that money needs to be. Segway. And then uh, divisible. Um, mm. So like if you have if, if the only dollar bill that exists is a million dollar bill, but you want to buy um, a, cho- a candy bar, like if you only have million dollar bills, then you're in, you're in for some problems. That's like trying right? to be in the barter system and all you've got is a diamond you, the size of your fist. That's exactly right. What like, can you, you trade it for? Easily. Yeah. You have to like trade it for a city and then <laughs> find the mayor and be like, I want to buy your city. <laughs> good. Here's a diamond. Uh, so it needs to be divisible. I mean, uh, so either to, to make smaller amounts is what he's talking about there. And then intrinsically valuable is what he says. So um, valuable in and of itself. Um, so I think this is easiest to see with, so again, 
Aristotle, when writing this, um, the, the, um, the, the currency is um, it, coins. It's like it's metal. So the value is in the metal itself. So what they value is the gold, the silver, the whatever it's made out of. Um, or the iron in the case of the... But that's not intrinsically valuable because it only derives its value from the fact that everybody thinks gold is shiny. Like, right. It's, it's just, in reality, it's yellow metal, yeah. and it's not even that great of a metal because it's malleable, and it doesn't, it would, do doesn't make good armor. It doesn't make good support for anything. It's, it's just that we all agree it's pretty, whereas I feel like if we were really doing what we should do, it should be some sort of food or water, mm-hmm. right? And that's where the apocalypse movies come in. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. So they uh, know what's valuable then because you can't eat gold. So those, are, but the problem with those is that they aren't durable. So depending on mm. what kind of food it is. Right. So y- y- yeah, you can run into problems with, the, with other ones. <laughs> Laffy Taffy's become the the, <laughs> no, the uh, currency twi- of currency the universe. Future. Twinkie bars are not Twinkie bars. Twinkies, Twinkies. Twinkies aren't those going to last forever? They not last the, forever. Yeah. They're booze. durable. Yep. That's booze. Does it last booze. forever? As long as it's unopened, isn't that like I don't know. certain booze? Wine goes bad. I think yeah. beer goes but, bad. Uh, but so, I mean, Scotch just getting better, baby. But if light hits. It. Doesn't it go bad? If anyway, um, I don't know anything about I have these. No things. idea. Um, so durable, portable. I'm gonna go put all my scotch in the cupboard now when I get home. Yeah, you should because it, it'll change the taste of it. Oh, geez, Louise. Light. Yeah, sorry, but it looks pretty. I guess kind of. Then why did they come in those clear bottles? Why not put them in brown bottles like beer? I'm just gonna keep stocking mine up for the apocalypse. I don't know why you guys are <laughs> problem solved. Um, so there, there were these. There was a purpose to money. Uh, money was money existed to accomplish these different things: being durable, portable, divisible, intrinsically valuable. Um, it was a medium of exchange. We just talked about this. That what money was for was kind of this abstraction from the labor. So you would do a thing, you get a currency, you can trade that currency for something else. That's what money is for. And so what money is not for is making money on itself. Um, mm. So yeah, if the I always mispronounce this telos. Telos. The telos of, of the money is the medium of exchange. It's not as a means of making money. And this is Aristotle? Yes, this is Aristotle. So he would hate the modern the stock world. exchange. Yes. He would hate. Well, no, no because stock different. exchange is companies. companies you're not just yeah. making money. You're, oh, you're, you're not making money on money. You're adding yeah. liquidity. Or you're doing God's work. It's according what? to... Uh, Says who? What? The, you not heard this? What? Uh, uh, the, what? The head of Goldman Sachs gave a big speech saying that like bankers were doing God's work. Is, was that, like, is that an actual quote? Yeah, it was like 2009 or something. Um, Adding liquidity What was his name? Blankenship? Blankenstein? Pee in the garden. What's that? What? I'm sorry. What <laughs> I said <laughs> adding liquidity is what I call it when I pee in the garden. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm just adding liquidity. Bankers <laughs> doing... Go- oh, it showed up in immediate search history. Hold on. Chief executive of Goldman Sachs, uh, uh, Lloyd Blankfein. Blankfein. Um, That's his name. Uh, says he believes banks serve a social purpose and are doing God's work. We're very important. Said in an interview with the Times of London. I've not heard so, that. So... Let's square that with usury laws here. Uh, Who's right? Uh, Gold, the CEO of Goldman Sachs or Aristotle. the popes of the anti- of antiquity, or the, or the popes of the Middle Ages and Aristotle? You say it like that. Um, <laughs> so, so again, with Aristotle, there's this purpose to money. Uh, money is to buy different things, but um, you know, making money on money is making money off of nothing. Is um, Aristotle says this? Aquinas makes this point more clearly. There's um, no, there's no labor to add. There's nothing done. Thing, yeah. Like, what have you, what have you really done? And so, um, you're taking advantage of another person. You are um, um, stealing from them for nothing. Um, and that's so Aristotle condemns it also. So really, you just kind of like look across um, uh, antiquity um, in the West. But then, you know, it's not just in the West. But anyway, broadly was condemned. Usury was broadly condemned. Um, then. And the church takes this position, too. Um, Do they still take this position? Yes. Interesting. The formal position is unchanged, but the definition of usury has changed over Mm. time. So that's kind of where... So uh, if you still... Excessive interest. Excessive interest. Yeah. So if you look up in the... So again, 
the reason I keep pointing to this kind of stuff is that um, when you're talking about the first thousand years of Christianity, you're talking about the Catholic Church. And so if you look in the catechism today, usury is still mentioned. But what they talk about is, um, so let's say there's a natural disaster and they, people want to rebuild from that natural disaster. It is wrong in that case mm-hmm. to charge them um, interest. Excessive interest. Excessive interest. Yeah, um, to, to do that because they're in a time of need and they need help and you make you profiting off of that is wrong. But that's different from the purpose of money as a medium of exchange. Making money on nothing is wrong. Those are different reasonings. Yes, I can see that. Um, so let's, let's keep following it. Um, so that is Aristotle. Um, so where have we gone? Yeah, uh, we, we, Bible, we got some Aristotle and then... Um, Aquinas will pick this up also because he reads Aristotle and likes him a lot. Um, so the way the Summa is set up, so Aquinas's big work on theological questions, it's set up as a series of um, questions. So I'm going to ask you all some questions, and oh, you're going to tell me quiz what... show. Yeah, Woo. kind of. Yeah, sure. Um, and I want you to tell me Wait, what, who's, what's the current score. I think I'm up by one. one isn't it one zero? I think it's one zero. I think it's one zero. Oh, are you counting that first one where I said usury was the? the yeah, that's the only one I'm counting was right the now. Verb yeah. of, yeah. Um, uh, you got to come to play, Graham. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why you got out of bed today, but I, you know, I got out of bed to play. Okay, so uh, is it a is it a sin to take money as a price for money lent? I will read the question again. Is it a sin to take money as a price for money lent? How does Aquinas answer this question? Uh, that sounds like usury. I'm going to say yes. Well, he already answered yes, so I'm not going to answer no because I think it's yes. Okay. So then you're tied? Ding, 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 ding. No, 2-1. Sorry. AJ's still up one So point. it was... Yeah. Okay. So that's, uh, Aquinas takes the position got to buzz in. It is a sin. I have buzzers in my office. <laughs> oh, they make really funny noises, too. So we'll Aquinas' answer is to whether it is a sin to take money as a price for money lent is yes. The answer is yes. That is the definition of usury, is to take money as a price for money lent. He what if a, What if I ask... What if I lend money and I say, you can give me money back... You can give me the same amount of money back, and I'd love a batch of those cookies that you make all the time. And they're um, like, oh, sure, here are some cookies. Now, he does address this. He says that there are, like, incidental goods that are okay to get, but he talks about, like, friendship. Like, if you lend money and you get goodwill from it, that is technically, it's a kind of payment. Like, mm-hmm. you're getting something, yeah. and that's okay, but it's, it's, the rec- it's receiving money for it mm-hmm. that he's really taking issue with to call that usury. Um, when does it cross the line and become a bribe? A bribe? What do you mean? Oh, um, that to secure that mm-hmm. loan? I don't know. Anyway, Just don't bribe funny. people. I don't know. That's an interesting question. Um, he he talks about how with usury is akin to separating um, owning wine versus consuming wine. So I charge you one price to buy the wine, and then a second price to consume that wine. Like the you know, wine's good is in its consumption. So to buy it is to buy the right to consume, to consume it. it. To separate those two things and charge separately um, is to charge for a thing that doesn't exist. Um, it's so, like a corking fee at a restaurant. Those are wrong too. Those are wrong. Man, let's just rail against, mm, this is so good. My ire is rankled. Unless, uh, I mean. My jimmies are rustled. Unless I really need someone to uncork it for me. Like I, my hands They charge work. you 20 bucks. If you yeah. bring, but you get, well, only if you bring your own bottle. Only if you bring your own, yeah. Mm. Otherwise they just overcharge you for the wine at the restaurant. That's right. Uh, so the quote from Aquinas, accordingly, if a man wants, wanted to sell wine separately from the use of the wine, he would be selling the same thing twice or he would be selling what does not exist. Wherefore, he would evidently commit a sin of injustice. Hmm. Whoa. So again, charging for a thing that doesn't exist, it's injustice is what is happening with, with usury, with charging interest. Um, and then he, he continues this analogy. But I thought that it's was- It's a, a good thing you got out of banking, Thomas. Because <laughs> it was just sins right and left. I don't think that's right. Um, so then this is the interesting one. And this is the one that surprised me. So 
sorry, I probably shouldn't have said that before asking the question. Is it lawful to borrow money under a condition of usury? Is it lawful to borrow money under a condition of usury, i.e. you'd be paying interest? Lawful or sinful? Is it lawful to borrow money under a condition of usury? I'm going to say... Wait, lawful? That's what he said. I'm I'm going to say yes, because if you're in a position where that's all you can do... I'm going to say yes, and then the crime is going to be on the lender. I'm going to say the, the same borrower. thing. It's it's an injustice. You're the victim here. Yeah. Well, not even. Um, I don't know. Victim might be the right word, but it, this is his position he takes. Which I don't know. I'm curious what you all think about this. So it's wrong to lend money and to receive that interest, but it's not wrong to take the loan and pay the interest. Does that not seem like a contradiction? I don't think so. Uh, it's it's wrong to beat somebody up, but it ain't wrong to get beaten up. Yeah. Yeah, I guess if you think of it as an injustice and victim mentality, it logically follows that it's not wrong to be paying that interest. Especially if I'm Sucks. if I'm charging you twice for the same thing. It's not wrong to be charged twice for the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just unfortunate, right? Yeah. That's when you go and you try to make things right. You didn't do anything wrong. They did. Uh, so uh, it is by no means lawful to induce a man to sin, so to commit usury. Yet it is lawful to make use of another's sin for a good end, is what his answer is. Oh, man. Uh, accordingly, we must also answer to the question in point that it is by no means lawful to induce a man to lend or, under a condition of usury, yet it is lawful to borrow for usury from a man who is ready to do so and is a usurer, usurer by profession. <laughs> so if a person has set themselves up as this is they what do I do, this, it's okay it's to thing. borrow that money from them. Right. But um, if I if I say came to Graham, who is not a usurer, and mm-hmm. I, I said, hey, would you lend me this money and also charge me 6%, I have then induced him to sin. Yes. Right? That's a different thing. He has not set himself up as a usurer. I'm putting him in that position. But that, I don't know. That, that surprised me in reading um, the Summa. I thought he would come out on both sides of this. But it's okay to borrow the money. It's not okay to lend the money. And so this, this then creates a situation where uh, it's not people in the church who are lending money. Uh, it's those who are outside the church who are lending uh, that money. And so that's where we get to the, uh, this merchant of Venice. And then that works well with uh, the Jews, yes. who uh, the Jewish mentality, because they're looking at Deuteronomy and saying, oh, we can lend to outsiders um, and, and not to us. And Christians are can... outsiders. And now Christians are saying we can borrow money from outsiders. Yep, but not for and us. now you've got this sort of marriage of convenience for both sides right. that's profitable, but, but man probably breeds a lot of bad will. Sure. I mean, because what Aquinas just said is that you would call them a usurer and you would be right to call them that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that that comes out in, oh man, the... Merchant of Venice? Merchant of Venice. And it comes out in the the book about the... It's all chivalry. Man, what is it called? Oh, oh, Ivanhoe. Ivanhoe. Yeah, it comes Mm. out in Ivanhoe, right? Because one of the main characters is is a Jewess and her dad is a Jew and he... He lends money out often at high interest, but they keep it, they keep it on the down low because in general, like it was a looked down upon practice. And this mm-hmm. must be why, because they were seen widely as sinners taking advantage of the the unfor- misfortunes of everybody else. And that's how they got rich, right? On other people's misfortunes. But they the, were sinners at their core. But in the Middle Ages, it must have been like a necessary evil because right. as countries grow and as kingdoms become more powerful and as the Middle Ages organize themselves, you needed money for projects, for buildings, for wars. And if no one's getting any interest, I ain't lending the king who's maybe going to die in battle you know, a thousand gold marks yeah. who's never going to pay me back because he's the government. Yeah. Um, and so sure. you, you've got to have, so is it a necessary, I, I guess the question is, is there a system that could have happened that would have given the same kind of like liquidity or the same kind of no. opportunities? I, I think, I think you're, you're seeing it as saying that this was kind of a, at least in the Christian's eyes, a necessary evil, I think is right, right? They saw the, the Jewish lenders as something that they needed but could be freely despised, mm-hmm. which is, I think, where a lot of the racism is born. 
Like we need you to lend us money, but that you charge usury, yeah. you know, that your user makes us hate you. It's ter- It's pretty bad. Yeah. How did it change? So then you have like the rise of the Medici's who were these Italian bankers yeah. and presumably they're getting around usury laws or people stopped caring about usury laws. I think it's more that. Um, so, because we're also, we're also kind of tracing the history of currency. So uh, we've been talking about kind of these, so we from bartering to these metal coins to then paper money, paper money being the next step there. Mm-hmm. And paper money is a further abstraction from... Um, from hard currency. The hard currency, again, the value is in the gold that is literally in your hand. What the paper currency originally would point to is that hard currency. So I give you a piece of paper, but that paper tells you that. It corresponds to a gold that's sitting somewhere. somewhere. And you could get that gold if you wanted to. You could take it to... You used to be able to in the U.S. You could could take your dollar and you could get a silver dollar Mm -hmm. with your paper dollar. Can't no more, though. No, you can't because we're not on the gold standard anymore. We're not on the gold standard anymore. And presumably, if you had a gold florin from Florence, Mm -hmm. it was gold. And if you went and you spent it in in Belgium, even though it's it's stamped with the image of the Italian king or whatever, or the the Republic of Florence, it's still gold and the Belgians will take it and you can buy your wool or whatever. And it might not be worth as much, but you could melt it down. You could still make something. Whereas it's a little, whereas now... We're even further abstracted. We're not even in paper money, right? We have oh, numbers on the screen. I use a right? card, kind of the, yeah. mm-hmm. and that right. doesn't even... That I could take and take it to a bank and get paper money that right. I then cannot exchange even for gold. So right. we're, we're getting f- further and further abstracted. And I mean, I think eventually we're probably going to be cashless My entirely. Bitcoins and blockchains. Yes, yeah, and that's kind of where we're going, right? But that's... So again, the purpose of this currency is that you do work. Mm-hmm. And so originally what you want to do is trade that work for other work, but that's hard. And so uh, hard currency abstracts your labor... Paper currency abstracts the, the hard, hard coin, currency. Mm-hmm. and then a credit card, which is abstracts the, abstracts the, paper, the, paper, the paper and then Bitcoin. I don't even know what to point to. For, like, it's not an abstraction of the credit. Well, kind of. It's, it's it's got its own work. Yeah, because the work is in this like hashing power of of solving equations. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's its value is in the ledger, I suppose. And I think the value partially is that it's. It's common and, I mean, partially it's untraceable, yeah, right? We all know that sketchy stuff goes down with Bitcoin, but I think it's also in that it is standard across countries, mm-hmm. right? So eventually, I mean, I'm, it's like I'm a, betting It's that like gold again. Right? It's like gold again. I'm betting that we are eventually going to move this way because it is. it will be the same currency everywhere. I can travel to Canada. I can travel to Mexico. I can travel to France. It'll be all the same money and it won't have fluctuated. Yeah. I, don't, I won't have an exchange rate. But the, the problem with uh, Bitcoin, so four purposes of money four, or four things money does... Durable, which is mm-hmm. kind of a question. Portable, yes, like technically it is portable. Divisible is a big problem. So making small purchases with Bitcoin is hard, but possible. And then intrinsically valuable, I think that's the big question. Is there an intrinsic value to Bitcoin? Well, I don't think there's inter- intrinsic value to paper money either. Right now, it's it, just it, backed by the promise of the government yes. that issues it. So yep. if you believe that the United States of America is going to be here tomorrow, then you have faith in the fiat currency of the country. And that's, yeah, the word for, so fiat means it's not tied to any currency behind it. So non-fiat would be coins, non-fiat would be uh, money on the gold standard, where a dollar equals this many ounces of gold. Fiat, it's totally unconnected. And then we all got our crazy uncles that, like, bury gold in their backyard. Right. Because I think the whole system's going to go down. crazy... Po- fellow God podcasters. Uh, oh, you're looking at me like yeah, I do this. Just like I was just thinking that. that uncle's a chump. During the apocalypse, that gold's worth nothing. He needs Is he it? needs you he think? needs ammo, guns, water, and cans yeah, of can, food. Cans of food. Yeah. Um, I do wonder about this. About, so about do whether you, gold would still be valuable. Anyway. Do you, uh, so what did uh, what changed with usury? Was it just people stopped thinking that it was 
Yeah, sorry. Um, like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. We need to build our churches. We need to go invade, you know, the Holy Roman Empire. So let's just well, turn the other way. Well, and think, we don't want to have the Jews in our town be mm-hmm. be rich. Why don't we like keep this inside and have you know the Medici's be rich or whatever? Yeah. Is that is it just was it just bold face practicality? Yes, hmm. I mean on, honestly. So. Um, in preparing for today, I, I kept looking for like the encyclical that said, you know, uh, uh, charging interest is now okay. And there are kind of these moments where there are vague references to mm-hmm. some amount of interest being all right, or like it's just a slow drift. Yep. Yeah. So um, um, there's, I, I should have brought this and I didn't. I apologize. But there's um, uh, an encyclical that talks about like uh, churches can take out uh, uh, mortgages or take out loans to purchase property, and then they should pay back that property. But that still makes it okay for well. Maybe that's not a change in policy because you could always borrow. You just couldn't lend mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, no, so no, there's no like formal. This is interest is now an AOK thing. Um, so what happens? So um, Aquinas is writing in the 15th century um, around the same time um, is the uh, the printing press. The printing mm-hmm. press is the mid um, 15th century, and so this is where paper money is allowed is able to be um, produced on, uh, in mass, um, and the the more I read about it, the more that what points to interest becoming an okay thing is the Reformation, is the splitting away from the church um, in that if your argument... Yeah, Protestants. So if your if your argument points to, well, um, Aquinas said this thing, that doesn't really hold as much weight to someone who is literally... Sure, said, sure. If you're a Puritan, you're like, all right, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and there's just something that makes sense to like, I know my neighbor and I'm giving money to them to help them start a new business. Um, Max Weber talks about this as this Protestant ethic, and so the the way Weber thinks about this is that uh, Protestants uh, work a lot. Um, uh, so, like if you look at the uh, the Quakers, you look at the Puritan, you look at you know, pick your community. They work really hard, and then they make money, and they need somewhere to put that money, and they can't be showy with it. And so, mm-hmm. what they do is they invest it. The, but the joint ownership, even going back to that okay. like that Arab model, that seems to be. It's interesting that that didn't take off more than than lending an interest, um, because you get these moral situations where I've lent out AJ six percent and he can't do it, and I say I don't care. You owe me six percent. I'm taking you to bankruptcy court. Right. Whereas if that was, we that had was a, a dark couple of weeks, I remember dark, that. This was some dark times. <laughs> yeah, so you earned that. Was rough. And um, and you have I think. 17 more podcasts till you're all square and then you can then we release you from the shackles of doing this no i'm just kidding i'm an indentured podcaster yeah. <laughs> doesn't actually want to be here you nailed my ear to the door yeah. when we started this but but i feel it feels like that method of uh, of joint stock ownership where you're owning a part of the company and you're um you want that company to succeed to get your return seems to make a lot more sense than 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 interest rate loans um it's just curious that that didn't um, flourish hmm. as much. Yeah, I, I agree with you. We have the stock market. I agree with you. So we have joint ownership, but yes. So yeah, and that. So um, and usually when you talk about the ownership of a company, you talk about equity, which is stock. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it's ownership versus debt, which is not ownership. Mm-hmm. It's money lent to a company that that is then paid back. Equity is riskier than debt. That's just a fundamental yeah. fact of them because uh, debt can be tied to like an underlying thing. So if you are taking out debt to buy a building. That building is collateral for the debt. Mm-hmm. It is less risky than equity, which is the promise that you will own future profits of a company. So because the company could fold, and then you're not connected to anything. Nothing. You get nothing. You it's own exactly. 38 shares of nothing. Of zero. Yeah. 
And so, but don't they have to, if they go bankrupt, aren't they having to like sell that building? And yes. then the, the, if I'm the, a shareholder, don't I get parts of that sale? In theory, yes, but in, in practice, no. Mm. In, in practice, the um, we're in the weeds. So um, there are different tiers uh, in, in bankruptcy filings. And so there is a senior secured debt. Secured means that there's an underlying thing that's tied to that debt, like a building. And senior means that you're above junior. So if you are, um, so you can borrow money as senior secured debt, and you can sell the building. That senior person gets paid fully before you go to the junior level, and then junior gets paid based on the proceeds from that building, and then unsecured debt comes after that, and then um, equity comes below that. Mm. So by the time you get down to equity, there's nothing. The money's all. There's nothing left. Gotcha. Um, and there are technically levels above that. The people who work for the company get paid before the debt holders get paid. Anyway, debt is less risky than yeah, yeah. equity, and so. Hmm. That is a reason for it. Um, but your question of can we have a society without usury, can we have a prosperous society like this without usury, the answer is no. I mean, the the uh, free flow of capital, the availability of capital is what's allowed us to um, – there's a money supply. To, yeah, Sorry. I need to take out money at interest yep. to start my business, yes. right? If I want to start a business, I've got three grand. I can't do that yep. unless I can take out a loan and then eventually pay it back with my success. But then what's also weird to think about is that like the loan you're taking out is not real money. It's like you've increased the amount of money in circulation by lending out debt, by lending, yeah. by lending that, that money you've out. Created in, you've created... So imagine for the bank, they a bank takes deposits and then lends money out. So if the bank has received $1,000 of deposits, they can lend out um, $800, say. That's that's not mm-hmm, the right ratio, mm-hmm. but stick with me. You can lend out $800 as a loan. You've created $800. Because mm-hmm. now 1800 exists. Yes. The 1000 that the bank is holding. You've created quotes, credit. Yes, and then $800 that they've given out. So, yeah. And so this is what allows for prosperity is that money does not just sit in a uh, in a bank. It's that it can be lent out for new businesses to start. Um, for new buildings to be built, for new things to exist. So maybe it's not that you've created money, it's that no money is sitting. Sure. You have technically created money in that. Oh, that's true. The yeah, deposit, yeah. like if the depositor comes and says, I want my $1,000, you have to give them the $1,000. That $1,000 still exists and the $800 uh, loan is still. So if we are desiring to be moral agents, which I hope we are, does that, so then do we, is it, better for us to start parsing out what the loan is being for as opposed to saying don't lend out any money. So if I'm loaning AJ money so he can buy a tractor so he can start his farm, that seems a lot better than if I'm loaning AJ money so that he can buy a bigger television. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, this this ties really well. Can you pronounce the name one more time, the guy who wrote Servile State? Uh, Hilaire Belloc. Belloc. So Belloc also wrote an essay on usury where he addresses... Uh, actually, both things that you've brought up, Graham. So the first one of, are there certain cases where like debt sounds better than other places? The answer is yes. He gives us one example of a person starting a business um, and another example of a person has a medical expense that they need to pay. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And so like he uses the same interest rates, the same principle, which is the initial amount that you borrow. All of those things are the same, but you just kind of look at the underlying thing. And you're like, how do you feel about lending money to someone for a medical expense. I feel gross. Right? Doesn't, I mean, you're, you are profiting off of the illness of someone else. Right. Uh, as opposed to the the new wealth creation. And so... Um, I feel good. Yeah. I mean, so, like, it, uh, um, you uh, create jobs, you um, have access to a new kind of business that you might like. Like, they're kind of these good things tied to it. Um, so, Belloc... Belloc. Belloc. Belloc is talk, says that the difference is... Um, 
yeah, kind of what that underlying thing is. And then that usury is the problem of um, an excess, that excess amount of interest, but it's relative to what the loan is for. Mm. So if you are starting a business that's going to triple your profits, it would not be usury to charge 150% because the amount of profit they're gaining is still much higher than how much you're charging in interest. It's relative to what the loan is for. There's not this magic number of 6% is suddenly usury Mm -hmm. because if you're uh, lending someone money at 6% and they're, the thing they're doing is only going to return 4%, that's usury because you're charging more than they're going to actually get. They're going to get from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Um, that's the distinction he makes. He also talks about how um, <laughs> um, whenever a society shows sign of economic decay, the real nature of usury um, thus submerged and hidden in prosperous times necessarily uh, appears above the surface. So usury is hidden until there are financial hardships um, and the bank demands its 6%, even though the money is even though the the businesses are not returning six percent. Mm-hmm. That that is fundamentally usury. So maybe usury is just when it becomes abuse. Yes. When you are abuse abusing another person yep. and abusing your position as a wealthy person to take advantage of those who are not as wealthy as you, rather than doing them a favor, yep. right? Like giving you a bunch of money at one percent interest is at least in this economy an incredible favor. Mm-hmm. And if Graham wanted to start a business, I gave him that loan. I'm doing him a huge, a huge solid as a bro, yeah. right? Sure. Whereas if I, if I find out that he can't, he's living paycheck to paycheck, and he can't make his car payment, and then I lend him the money, but at thirty percent interest, and he probably can't pay that. That's that's getting to abuse. Yeah. So earlier, Aquinas said that the the, the borrower is is not morally culpable. But you got to think that if Aquinas was face to face with somebody that borrowed and borrowed and borrowed well beyond their means, bought a giant house, bought a bunch of toys, uh, and and then like kind of went bankrupt. Yeah. You got to look at that and say that there is some moral culpability on that person's sure. part. That probably fall under. It's like, not the system's that's, fault. That's That'd be profligacy. There you go. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! What? What does that mean? Uh, means a reckless spending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Being so, a being a spendthrift. But it's what the money is for, as opposed to the debt itself. Yeah. Being the problem. Yeah. Because um, again, the the sin of usury is with the person lending the money, not with the person taking that. Mm-hmm. Right. If you'd borrowed and borrowed and borrowed and borrowed it to help starving orphans. Yeah. That's, awesome. you know, it's what he's even using if he it went for. Bankrupt, right? I mean, right? Even if he goes bankrupt, even if eight people go bankrupt, he, I mean, he has sort problems. of abused them, yep. them, but if he's gone bankrupt, th- the, he's done a good thing. Yep. Whereas someone who does that and then buys like 300 Xboxes, yeah. they've done something you silly. You only need one. You only, no. that's why it's profligacy. <laughs> um, so uh, I keep, I'm sorry, Belloc. Uh, in this essay also says, in other words, great banking prosperity in any particular period may be and commonly is the proof of all around prosperity in that period, but it is not necessarily nor always so. Um, to, I'm going to skip that quote. So yes, the, the, the profits of people that are lending at interest, which is usury, is tied to all around prosperity. But your question is, which is the greater good? Like, is it the greater good to not engage in usury or for there to be prosperity. And modernity has decided that prosperity is more valuable. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you really get down to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And that's been oh, Belloc's later fear is that all of this cycle of, 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 of capital and lending, eventually it's going to get to this point where too much, where sort of there's a, a crossover point where all the capital is in fewer and fewer and fewer hands. And then you get to this, to this sort of... Um, what he calls servility, that everybody mm-hmm. is right. sort of beholden to the capital holders and there's nothing we can kind of do to get out of it. 
And that's that's his main argument in Servile State, which is really, really fascinating. Which is a book I still need to read, and you lent to me a while ago. I'm sorry. It's all right. Buckle up for knowledge. I will buckle up for knowledge. Um, so I just, to kind of finish out the story, um, so bartering to hard currency to paper currency, um, the, uh, over the summer at Veritas, we do this really cool bingo card where uh, there are 25 books that you're supposed to read over the summer. It's a great idea. I, <laughs> I made the poor decision to read all 25. I don't recommend that. That's the, whatever. Um, but it's a great, I, I love the idea of kind of like cultivate or um, curating good things that are worth reading. Especially in a community. Right? Yes. Everyone reads the same, same 25 books. You yeah. can talk, talk about, about them. them. Like I assume we're going to do with Boethius at some point. Can we do that? Like for the summer, can we read a book? I would I would love to. Yeah. Um, It'd be fun to, to, get, to get together and set up a list and then read them together. And even Constellation of Philosophy is so short that um, that would be a really good one. You can read real fast. Um, so he wrote it in jail. I wonder how much time he had. Not much. A lot right? of time. Oh, All the time. Oh, never mind. Oh, well, but oh, how was long he looking he was? For... Oh, until he was executed? Yeah. Uh, until they put a vice on his head and kept tightening it until he got squished. Oh, that's, oh, this is that's dark. Di- yeah, it went dark. Poor Boethius. Um, so the, just, just to finish up the Don't story. Don't work for the government. Is that really your takeaway from all this? <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Rip the system, Thomas. Sorry, that was... All this talk about finance is getting me all rustled up. <laughs> Just reject the system, man. Don't borrow money. Um, oh. So uh, so there's all there are all these questions kind of... You go back 2,000 years, and there's this general distrust of lending at interest. Mm-hmm. Even if it's... Even if the, like, technical um, or specific interpretation of Deuteronomy is don't lend to people who are in your community, like... I don't know. If it's not right to do to your community, it's reasonable to raise questions of whether you should do it at all. Right. But to the brotherhood of man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there are at least, um, in its strongest form, it's condemned, but it's at least questioned. You kind of get to this point by, um, um, I don't know, 17th, 18th century, where, um, I actually should have looked this up. Um, one of the books over the summer, that was why I brought, why I said this, um, is uh, Pride and Prejudice is one of the books that we, that was on the list of books to read. Um, written in, at the end of the 18th century. So 1797 is what this says in front of me, published in 1813. So you get to this point where they're talking about the incomes that these rich people um, bring in. So Mr. Darcy, do you all remember the income of Mr. D- Mr. Darcy? It's just all interest. It, it is all interest. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So anyway, so um, Darcy makes 10,000 pounds a year. But when it says 10,000 pounds a year, what is it talking about? Some of that is... Darcy, as a landowner, um, has people who um, work the work the farm, work the farm, and then he gets a piece of that. Mm-hmm. But they also get a piece of that, and so it's more an equity relationship than a debt relationship. Mm-hmm. It's kind of both, but you know, whatever. Um, so he gets that money, but then also what he has access to is government bonds. Um, uh, they're called consuls, is the old one, but they were perpetual bonds. So a bond is debt, and when you buy a bond, you're buying the debt of someone else. So in this case, it's the debt of the um, English government. And so in buying the debt of the English government, you are giving them your money to do to do gov- to be the government of England, build roads, to have a police force, to, to have, fight Napoleon. Yeah, there you go. All those things. That's actually a great example because usually bonds are sold in war times. Um, Buy war bonds, patriotism. Yeah. Uh, the whole, all the, any World War II museum has all mm-hmm. those old posters of buy war bonds. Yeah, and they would have people in cities that like, they'd have quotas for how much to sell. Like, yeah. It was a big deal to And you would, there'd be like, pr- like these little prizes for the woman of the town yeah. who could sell the most war bonds exactly. and that kind of thing. So that's, so a console is like that. You are buying the debt of the government. You're giving them $100 and they are agreeing to pay you, the console owner, forever. An interest rate, mm. and that interest rate um, is somewhere between. So at the time that Pride and Prejudice takes place, it's somewhere between three and four percent. Hot dang! So you are getting four percent forever if you buy a console, which is awesome. Um, so that's how 
is it still paying out? Are there no, still they, old they, British consoles that are paying out? Um, the, they've been. Um, there's a there's a formula to calculate the value oh. of a perpetuity. Mm-hmm. Um, so the latest ones that were bought out were um, the ones that the that England sold in World War II, and then a hundred years later paid them off. They oh. refinanced them essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, not That's anymore. Not anymore. Wow. But, so now all of our debt has terms to it. So yeah, yeah. you can buy U.S. government debt. Um, ten years. It's usually ten years, right? Ten years is the most common, but you can buy thirty year, and I think you can buy fifty year debt. They try, they floated the idea of doing hundred year debt, but I don't I don't think that actually happened. Ain't nobody alive for that. But and that's the you we're you, at a, you'd get it for your kids, your younglings, and we're at a rate of historically low interest rates. But so locking in a low interest rate for a hundred years is it not doesn't a, make it much not sense. a great idea. But mm-hmm, you know, more right. power to you. All that to say, um, when Darcy has an income in Pride and Prejudice, it's from interest on government debt. So we've moved. So in the course of seventeen hundred years, we've moved from this like strong condemnation that um, or or questions of usury to. A nobleman, a person who is looked on favorably in the story, is receiving interest annually. That's his only income. He's not working for anything, and he is still a noble character. But he can do genteel things like hunt and ride and... Yeah, but the basis of it is the interest. And that's what Mm. I'm getting at, Hmm. that yes, he can do good things, but is there... I don't know. We've lost the ability to like ask that question of whether the underlying thing he's making money on Mm -hmm. is okay. Mm. Um, So just an interesting thing. Um, So we've gone from... Interesting? Oh, my word. Yeah, Listen sorry. to this podcast for major profit. Uh, <laughs> it's, can we? We need a tagline. Can that not be it? So, two thousand years putting the coin in a coinus. <laughs> I actually kind of like that one a lot. I did too. Do we make T-shirts based on all of these? A coinus. <laughs> um, so, you do actually like that classical one? stuff. You should know cryptocurrency. A coinus. Are you just saying words right now? I yeah, believe. I, I don't see how those are connected. <laughs> What's the connection? I don't. We, we can launch our own coin, boys. Yeah, we could. A coinus? A coinus. <laughs> we just own, made a thousand percent just by thinking of the idea. If you right would now. like to invest in a cryptocurrency, <laughs> stay a tuned. Go to classicalstuff.net <laughs> and invest in a coinus. Oh, Probably a little late to the party. It hurts. It's it was almost as good as what, Kanye West. Kanye West. No, that does act. You told me about this, Graham. Yeah, and then Kanye sued him and shut it down. Did he really? Yeah, oh, yeah. He, he was like, hey, stop using my... I figured you would check that with him before you do that, but... You would. You'd think you'd be all over I, it. I yeah. feel like you'd email Kanye just, and just... email address? Or so, just, like, tweet at okay, him. Good. So, Thomas, my sort of final question is, then what is... What ought to be the Christian's relationship with interest and lending money and owning bonds and taking out debt? Is it just kind of an every man for himself, don't be excessive? Or sh- should there be, like, a... I think the I think the easiest thing to say is that there is not a condemnation on um, taking out that loan and paying interest. Mm-hmm. So, um, church history would would largely line up with that. Um, a few small cases, but it largely would line up with that. So, taking out a loan is not wrong. You you uh, having a mortgage, you taking out student loans, in and of themselves, taking out those loans are not wrong, because it, it is morally permissible to pay that interest because it's the only. This is what Aquinas says that the only way you'll get that money is by paying that interest. Mm-hmm. There are bad uses of debt, but that's in the same sense that there are bad uses of money. Sure. Um, so there's no real distinction there. Um, I, I do think there's an open question on um, who you're receiving interest from. I think it is different lending money to the government than it is to a person. Because mm-hmm. that is the condemnation, is to le- is lending to a brother and receiving interest from that brother. But if I'm lending to the U.S. government, that's not a person. If I'm lending, you can buy the debt of a company like Apple. Lending your money to Apple is not lending your money to a person. 
Um, so do you have more moral, more moral qualms with something like Lending Club, where you're essentially buying credit card debt and paying slightly less interest rates or charging slightly less interest rates than credit cards? Yeah. You have more of a problem with that than, than like a government with, bond or, 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 or a corporate bond. Or a corporate bond. Or a yeah, company. I would, yeah. Because uh, they're, they're just different. That mm-hmm. There's a person versus a company. Um, those are different types of entities. Hmm. Um, and sorry, I probably should have had my preface of none. Please don't take any of this as investing advice. Talk with your financial advisor before making decisions. But, um, You're very good at that. Thanks. But um, I wonder if you've said that a few times. More Is than that... a few. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just, yeah, I think there's still open questions on like, so like, or even like the relationship between the three of us. Were we to lend money to one another? It would be odd if I were to charge interest on that. It would be very odd. Yeah. Neither a borrower nor a lender be. Yeah. Like, the, so Polonius... Borrower, slave to a lender from the Bible also. That's, yeah. yeah. So Polonius is a guy in Hamlet who says a lot of really, really dumb things. But most of the stuff that he says to his son right before sending him it's off pretty is pretty good stuff. Like, it's a good way to lose a friendship. Dress well, but not gaudy, mm. right? Rich, but not flashy. He says a lot of really good things. Yeah. Don't don't start things, but once you're in, make sure you're the one to finish them. Mm. But isn't there, like, if you're going to borrow, you might as well borrow big? Like, you borrow, if you if you borrow a million dollars, the bank owns you. If you borrow a hundred billion dollars, you, you own, own the, the bank. bank. Yeah, so if you can borrow a hundred billion dollars, is that my takeaway right I'm, now? I tried. You got to take a shot. It probably went really poorly. I didn't take a shot. I sauntered in there in my best Sunday, you know, my Sunday garb, and they they weren't buying it. Yeah. All right. We we should wrap this up. Yeah. Um, So anyway, that's kind of a history of usury. Kind of gets us to this modern view. Um, But yeah, I guess that's everything I have. Uh, Can I do classical stuff I got wrong? Yes, you can. Uh, I'm really good with microphones, you guys. (laughs) And so our... uh, three episodes before our spring break episode before our spring break episode my microphone was turned around for each one of those episodes so if you noticed I was quiet that's because I was talking into the wrong side of the microphone anyway and you may have noticed that you could pick up me surreptitiously sipping coffee because could the you, microphone was I pointing right that. at me oh. I couldn't hear that was that really oh. Maybe that was uh, the statement I'm trying to make is that that's more interesting than the comments that I make. No, wait, that is not true. In Thomas's defense, the microphone looks incredibly similar front ways and back ways. All it says, mine has a nice little logo on the front that tells me when things are there. There's, theirs are both the same one and it looks the same. And AJ puts the microphone in front of me. I don't, I don't do anything. (laughs) So yeah, it was 100% on me for putting it in the wrong place. But there is technically a logo on the front, and it says back on the back, but it's in very small font. Anyway, that's my embarrassing fact. I also made this mistake in front of our thousands of raving fans at the Veritas in service. But but we lost that that podcast. That podcast is lost to all of us. All right, so this has been classical stuff you should know. You can reach us at classicalstuff.net. You can email us at classicalstuff at veritasacademy.net. And you can also tweet us, tweet at us at classical stuff, C L S S C A L stuff yes. at Twitter, and at, at, at Twitter at Twitter at Twitter dot twit. <laughs> yep. And it. eventually, we're gonna have shirts. One that says "We put the coin in a coinus," and another <laughs> no. that says "Rend thee the system." Yeah. And like that's, that's actually. I'm, like. I'm just kidding. I would actually buy a "Rend thee the system." I would shirt. buy that. Yeah. There you go. We yep. have two orders. Graham, I'm in. Three. Good. Sweet. We're going to make a wild profit We're that on this. band that wears their own shirts when oh, they perform. That's so cool. Yeah. But the great thing is people can't see us perform, so we're okay. That's right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye.